Hello and welcome to Open Room Talks, a podcast which draws on Open Room events experiencing connecting people to bring you quality discussions between industry experts, innovative suppliers, and high-powered end-users on pertinent issues in a variety of sectors. Hello all, and thank you for tuning in to episode 22 of Open Room Talks. Joining me on the show today, I have Robert Rice and Gary Schendierlash. Robert joined Beaker Switzerland in 2021 as Chief Visionary and Technology Officer after a successful career with Diebold Nixdorf. He had previously spent 14 years working for Beaker in Austria. Robert excels at designing, developing, and managing all aspects of cloud-based platforms and retail solutions. He has more than 25 years of experience in the fuel and convenience industry. Gary is based in Prague and has served the fuel and convenience industry since 2004. He's worked for Radiant Systems, NCR, and Diebold Nixdorf. At the beginning of 2021, he joined A2i Systems, a leading provider of AI-driven customer-centric fuel pricing solutions, as the Vice President of Global Sales. Over the years, Gary has worked hand-in-hand with some of the world's leading retailers. He's spent his career looking for solutions to future problems and has developed methods to remove costs, improve automation, and quickly respond to customer needs. Robert and Gary's conversation today will be centered around the rapidly changing landscape in fuel and convenience retail. While grocery chains have embraced technology quickly, C-stores are playing catch-up. Retailers are increasingly reaching out to smaller companies and startups to solve their technology problems. They're now embracing the world of cloud technology to get to market faster, whilst traditional big tech is still pushing legacy technology and slideware. The question that today's episode seeks to answer is why this has happened. And with that, I'll hand the floor over to Robert and Gary. Well, thank you very much. Well, really, to answer that question, uh, you need to sort of look back in retrospect. I was always taught as a salesman, the best thing I could ever do is listen to my customers and they would tell me what I want. And in the past, software companies really have made some great strides in innovation over the years where convenience retail was really just beginning to open up around the possibilities of the future. You had retailers in the United States like Sheets and Wawa who were already doing self-service food ordering long before self-checkout was even a consideration for a C-store. And to be honest with you, all of this was done in old technology but they were great. They were great at what they did. But as these companies were acquired by big hardware and grocery tech guys, it became difficult to see through the weeds, really. And suddenly, customer change requests, innovations were becoming huge inflated projects, and that was the norm. But since then, cloud has allowed smaller tech companies to introduce change, whilst the big tech haven't. And that's that's really where we're going with this, aren't we, Robert? Yeah, so I think one of the fundamental problems that uh, big traditional retail uh, software providers have is that they're a little bit stuck in a, in a mindset of the past where we have uh, waterfall uh, delivery models where we have the traditional way of approaching requirements, engineering, and uh, having endless workshops with the, the customer to understand the problem then uh, spending three, four, five, six months in, in specification phase, another eight months in development phase until uh, a feature is delivered to the customer. And by the time um, the feature may not be relevant anymore because the market and the consumers have moved on. 
And uh, that is one of the reasons why we need to adopt uh, a different mindset and tackle it from a different angle, like small startups do. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you think about the amount of burden on on retailers right now, I mean, you've got uh, a complete shift in the industry that's happening so rapidly, and a, a more difficulty looking into margins and volumes as, as EV and uh, such like comes in. And these these retailers they don't want this capex burden anymore they don't want to have to invest tons of money and wait months and months and months to get a small change request or an enablement of mobile technology i mean we've been talking about the omni channel uh for ages but where has it happened where where is the omni channel today that is uh, that is ex- exactly the question right so we we definitely need to um, approach the the needs of our of our customers in a different way, right? It's going back to to listening to the needs, to understand the needs of our customers, but at the same time come with uh, with solutions um, rather than new problems, and really embrace the new technology and the possibilities we get through new technology to to use that as a vehicle to live, deliver value to our customers in a in a in a more rapid way. Uh, than in the past, like we we need to embrace um, design thinking, prototyping. We need to to move into a much faster pace, right? To understand the need of the customer, um, try to solve the the eighty percent of the problem, uh, get to a prototype fast, implement fast, deliver, deploy uh, even quicker, and then iterate on the on the feature and the functionality so that the retailer can reap the benefit of the investment really quickly. And on that topic, I, I spend ages telling customers about the benefits of agile technology and agile project management, and they get it. They get they they want the speed, they want the interaction, but we we just don't see it in the big tech. We just don't see a embracing of the agile mindset, and I think we're stuck in this whole waterfall approach uh, where everything has to go through the bureaucracy of the system. And and that is the biggest driver from what I see from a sales perspective of the delays. From the technical perspective, how do you see it, Robert? I mean, uh, you know, you you work with the developers. Yeah. So the the new technologies, you you have to 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 drop the fear, and this is also what uh, some of the big companies do. They they put the fear into the into the head of the of the retailers of these new technologies, such as AI, for instance, is a good example. Um, rather than embracing the technology and turn um, their their software into a modern architecture which delivers uh, the value to to their customers, so um, it's I'm not saying that it is a good idea to jump on the bandwagon for every new piece of uh, development stack or tool set is coming out. Of course, this has to be evaluated um, and and it has to be. Investigate it if it is fit for purpose. Does it solve the problems of your customers? If yes, then go and, and prototype it. Um, invest in, in research. So going back more to the original research and development rather than just blindly um, implement the same old stuff, basically using just using new technology. Yeah, and that's a startup mentality, isn't it? You know, giving 
the the freedom a little bit back to the people on the floor. Um, I I still remember some of the best reading about some of the best startups where they actually encouraged developers, uh, gave them free time to say, you know what, you know what we do now, you understand our business, uh, show us what you can build. Here's here's one day a week or something free to explore your ideas, explore your uh, what you can do, build something. And, and you know, some of these things, what you get are technologies that you don't expect, you know, mobile technologies, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's some way of helping out managers of the retail store, whether it's uh, some way to better interact with the customer. But these type of ideas, they come from the, the people that create the product. But the question is, why are we putting or why, are the, why is big tech putting the fear into the mind of the retailers? And I think it's because big tech themselves fear the new technologies. They fear the new mindset, the new ways of working, because at the end of the day, it would ultimately result in in losing power within the organization. It means reorganization. It means stopping this top-down mindset and, and also opening up to the whole idea of an ecosystem whereby you are enabling smaller companies to augment your your solution but at the end of the day it's it's also opening the door where for years these companies have kept their customers locked in place right correct absolutely and this is part of the of the mindset change it, it's not about um locking the customer in but opening up yourself to a broader ecosystem of best of breed um suppliers of technology yeah. i mean no one um has really the bandwidth uh, nor the, the money to to reinvent the wheel every time and build something from scratch all the time you should embrace um smaller companies ideas and yes. and innovate innovation um, and include them in your broader ecosystem. And I think that's what we are doing here at, at Beaker and with our small development hub uh, in, in, in the US, um, looking out for, for small companies with great ideas, see how this would fit in our broader picture and, and the strategy of, of the serious software and, and get started with, with new ideas, right? Um, yeah. But try and error up, try it out. You have, may have 10 good ideas. Um, if one works out, you have already won. If you just sit there and wait, um, you're going to lose. And you lose your customers, you lose uh, the market. Absolutely. And, and you know, we do hear or we see at trade shows and on slides about the idea of, yes, we're creating these ecosystems and we're going to bring you a marketplace with our new products. But when you look into it, uh, it's so difficult to get access to some of those APIs and the costs and the terms and conditions and legal text just makes it scary for any small company to actually enter into these sorts of partnerships. That's what we're seeing. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, there is big developer portals of the of the big companies uh, available um, in in the internet. But if you go through the terms and conditions and and how and the liability and who owns then the result of the of the collaboration, it frightens off a small developer company in California because it's so so old fashioned and so rigid um, that it doesn't attract the right uh, innovative minds. But we do have those innovative minds now, and the cloud has opened up the world for them. I mean, it's torn down the barriers. So now we have small companies 
regional companies that 10 years ago would just operate in their own country and maybe the surrounding countries, but cloud has now given yes. them the power to go anywhere in the world, really, haven't they? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's exactly by, by this mindset to embrace the technology, see how you can utilize that technology um, to, to bring your ideas uh, to customers, to the market. And being drawn into interesting projects um, by companies who have the customer relationship already. So if I think about some of our customers, um, we are always looking and uh, also using uh, third-party technology, which uh, helps us to deliver uh, quicker and ultimately get the, the customer uh, to market in a much quicker pace than before. Yeah, and, and it's it's opening us up to a vast amount of data as well. Um, you know, I, I'm sure with your solutions, you're getting you're pulling in data like in in, in fields really. Uh, and but what are the retailers doing with it right now? That is uh, a big treasure trove which is is sitting there completely untapped. So what I what I see very often is that. Uh, our our customers, the retailers, are amassing an enormous amount of data, right? It, and it's not only business data; it's technical data, it's sensors data, it's all kind of information, which put into the right context and um, analyzed properly, which no human being can do today anymore because the data is just too big, um, can turn uh, into very meaningful. Uh, insight, not only for the for the shop operator, but also for the corporation running a, a network of stores in in a single market or in in multiple markets. And this is where obviously AI comes in um, to help with that. Yeah, I, I I heard a funny statement recently uh, from one of the big tech companies actually uh, that said AI was not a silver bullet. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're probably right. It's not a silver bullet. It's probably a gold or a platinum bullet because let's be honest, collecting data means nothing if you don't find a way to use it. Turning that data into meaningful insight is now critical for retailers' future success. I mean, how on earth can you understand the needs of the consumer? as the speed of change grows exponentially. And if you don't use AI, well, AI is a silver bullet because it enables faster understanding of this data. If you think about the pace of change right now, the pace of you know, the zennial customers that, uh, that are basically telling us, I want you to recognize me in a different way than you've done today. You need that, those metrics for strategic ways of working. You can't be thinking about what should I be doing today. It's got to be about what should I do tomorrow. And tomorrow's world is all about speed and convenience. And to allow this for humans alone, this is not going to be manageable due to the sheer amount of data that we're getting and the speed that we need to process it. If you, if you stop spending money storing the data uh, if you if you're not going to use it for anything, you just stop using, stop spending that money. At yeah. A to I, uh, what we're doing right now is exactly that. We're 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 using that data, we're pulling it in, and we we're un understanding through our AI ways to automate the pricing process to in a faster way to understand each customer, understand how they're fueling, why they're fueling, what's driving them to stop at the site. And, and this is really critical right now. You can't just follow what the competitor is doing. You have to understand why is the customer even with you. Customer centricity, right, Robert? It's, we're all talking about it. 
Absolutely. Yeah, they, the digital customer, right? So providing the, the customer touch points wherever it goes, whether it's on the forecourt, whether it's in the store with a traditional POS, with a self-checkout, self-scanning, all of that needs a flexible piece of software. And that's what, what we are providing, providing with Cirrus for sure. Uh, but not only that, I think what you said is, is absolutely true. You gain the insights uh, from your uh, get data you are gathering, and, but not also not only from uh, customer-related data, but also from operational data, technical data. How long does a filling take on the forecourt? How long does a consumer dwell in the store? How long is the average time uh, a ticket is processed by self-checkout or by a cashier? All of that information correlated um, into the into the right insight. It gives you the right insights onto your business, both from a consumer and operational point of view. Yeah, and, and and once you factor in all the APIs that we've got available to us and the vast number of companies out there, I mean, if you look at some of the research uh, documents lately, you see some of those brand new logos that are placed in the different cornerstones of IT retail tech. And you look at them, you say, I've never heard of these companies before. Yeah. And then you turn up at a trade show. Uh, I mean, if one of them we saw recently uh, at a trade show was about uh, a payments provider, in-car payments provider, which has just done a deal with Mercedes. Can you imagine the possibilities of, uh, of, of being able to integrate this at the flick of a switch to Absolutely. any retailer who wants to use it? The ecosystem mindset is where we need to go. We need to open up. We need to be flexible. I mean, microservices uh, and so much more. Um, I mean, how are you addressing that today? Well, it's it's plainly it it relies on a on a very flexible and open architecture, which is is, is API based, uh, obviously. So we need to to embrace the, the API economy. We need to make sure that we have um, the right APIs for for the the right use case. So if we if we just Look at this uh, digital customer. Like this is a buzzword <laughs> for quite a long time. Um, but what is it, right? What is it? The digital customer is basically uh, a consumer basket filled with goods, which which sits in the cloud. However, this basket is being filled, right? Is it filled by fuel at a, at the forecourt uh, auto payment terminal? Is it uh, is it filled by by sitting in the car talking to your Mercedes in in dash uh, app, saying hey? Uh, please uh, reserve me a coffee and a croissant at the next petrol station I'm going to stop or the next convenience store. It is all around the basket and the basket needs to move from one touch point to the other, be it the car, be it the smartphone, be it the pump, be the self-checkout, be it self-scanning or traditional post. And this is exactly what we're offering, right? We provide our basket calculation engine to the outside world, right? We have done... Uh, uh, cooperation with an uh, in-store self-scanning app provider is just using our APIs, passing on the basket to us. We do all the calculations, promotions, loyalty, discounts, tax, VAT, all that stuff gets calculated and returned to the app provider and to the consumer in the end. Yeah, absolutely. And the speed that the retailer can change and keep up or even beat the competition really just it speaks volumes in terms of return on investment and so much more. 
But you're talking also about, more importantly, a happy customer, the connected customer, being able to engage with them on multiple levels. And, and, yeah. and, and then you've got the ability to say, okay, how do I then look at streamlining my business? How do I look to reduce costs? How do I look to make sure my shelves are always full? What yes. technology can I use to do that? I mean, I, I, ha- I, I had an interesting conversation with a member from a, a German um, car systems producer who said they were looking at placing sensors all over the car's body so that in the event of a impact or a failure, then it would automatically register it and direct the driver to the nearest um, repair facility that would have the stock available. Okay, some people may say, well, that's a glorious vision for the future, but why does it need to be? If, if we can expose all of that data, why can't, we, uh, why can't we connect to it? Absolutely. I mean, look at the, the, the electronic shelf labels, for instance. Right? It's, uh, it's also a great way to, to um, optimize your, your stock, your prices uh, in the store. And in the end, you know, you're, you're much more flexible, right? You leave the calculations to the AI in the back. What is the best optimum price, uh, taking into account your current stock, and basically providing real-time pricing to your retail stores. I mean, that not. I mean, the the, the least thing which um, you, you you save is basically the the printing of the shelf edge labels all the time, right? I mean, yeah, this is yeah. a time-consuming exercise. Exactly, uh, and you, if you think about it, you've got so many different profit areas today. You've got the car wash. You've got uh, mm. hell EV. All of these things coming in to be able to use AI to factor the different influences and the correlations. Yeah, it's it's a fuel price I set going to affect my car wash or my indoor sales. How do I optimize the margin for the entire estate? That's yes. going to be critical moving forward. Absolutely. So I think, uh, in a nutshell, it it means um, from a software development or software supplier. Um, perspective. Um, we need to adapt the, the new ways of working. We need to adapt um, the, the mindset um, to produce um, meaningful software in the 21st century. And I think um, with our organization, we have we are living that uh, day to day. Um, I'm having now uh, prototyping sessions with customers left, right, and center. And it also leads to the, our customers being involved in the in the development of the feature uh, they want to see. They can um, make decisions as the, the feature grows. They can make decisions and change their mind because it's absolutely perfect to change your mind after two, three sprints and say, hey, m- maybe it was a good idea in the beginning, but the market moved on or I have a better idea whatsoever, right? And this is the, the power of of agility. Um, in the past, we spent uh, three months specifying um, six months development. And when we delivered it, uh, well, guess what? The feature wasn't needed anymore. Yeah. Uh, r- retailers have to start putting their foot down and say, look, uh, this is what I want. And I want it faster and cheaper than you're giving it to me. And no more uh, 800 mandate change requests. Yeah. If it's out there today and I can see it's working for somebody else, make it work for me. And and this is, I think, uh, I think that's the biggest argument for retailers to challenge big tech is, you know, I signed this contract with you. You told me it's going to happen. Make it happen. And make it happen the way that you've got it in the nicely designed slides. 
absolutely. Don't be afraid to challenge your su supplier with, with innovative ideas. Push them and get them get get us doing yes. it in the right way. Gary, Robert, thank you so much for that fascinating discussion. The key takeaway for me is that retailers really shouldn't be afraid to demand change from their suppliers. One of the fundamental benefits of technology is that agile progress is possible. So why is big tech so slow to adapt? The ball is truly in the retailer's court. Challenge suppliers with innovative ideas and prototype new ideas quickly. That demand is what will drive progress. Gents, thank you once again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. And we'll see you on the next one, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Open Room Talks. We hope that you've enjoyed the episode. For inquiries, please feel free to get in touch via email on hello at openroomevents.com. For details on future episodes, please follow us on LinkedIn or visit openroomevents.com. Until next time.